Good morning, everyone. The solemnity we celebrate um, on the Sunday uh, doesn't happen very often, uh, the way the schedules work out. About every eighth year, the solemnity will fall on a Sunday, and we celebrate it um, with great solemnity then on the Sabbath, on our Sunday obligation. And the solemnity of all saints is one of the church's uh, ways, and it's a great way uh, for a family celebration, a birthday. A lot of times, if you don't know it, when someone passes, one of the saints, it's referred to as their birthday um, because they pass from this world to the next, like a birth. And um, so this is the great birthday celebration. And we are joyfully united with all of ourselves here, uh, with the church throughout the world, and with our brothers and sisters that St. Paul uh, says are saints, meaning they're in heaven. The saints, uh, though they are in heaven, they are not far away from us. They are with God. And St. Arrhenius said, if God is everywhere and you say they are with God, then they're not very far away, are they? Because they are with them and God is all around us. My friends, um, because they are with God, they get to see and experience differently than we do here. And uh, I suspect they get to understand us better. I gave an example last night of my grandma from my dad's side who would say, I, I, I don't understand my quito sometimes. <laughs> now she does. <laughs> ah, now I understand that little one. His crazy thoughts way back then. These brothers and sisters of ours, the saints in heaven, they also wish us well. In heaven, there is no pain or suffering. There is only joy. There is only peace and happiness. They exude this as the Father does. So they wish us well here. And with God's grace, with God's grace, they help us and assist us because that is the way God wants it. They help us to stay on the right path and encourage and guide us uh, toward the true happiness uh, that they came to know and understand when they sojourned here on earth. My friends, remember, we, do, we only offer worship to God, for God alone the, the, is deserving of our worship. We do not worship saints, but we call upon our brothers and sisters the way I call upon you sometimes to help me out. I call upon them. And when we show tribute and honor to them, we really show tribute and honor to God because it was God who worked through them. They allowed themselves to be used in this way, um, this good way. So then in them, the Heavenly Father's love makes himself more manifest, if you will, more approachable, more tangible. So this day, let us join our brothers and sisters, the saints, in thanking God who has loved us from the beginning in his beloved son, Jesus, and through him makes us his children also. Together with the saints, let us listen to that one voice of Jesus Christ who promises happiness and shows us the way to reach it. The saints walk this path. And they invite us to do likewise with an ever-deepening trust and confidence in our Lord Jesus Christ. My friends, today's gospel, very well known, 
the Beatitudes, is a homily or sermon from a Baptist friend, sermon, <laughs> given by Jesus. They're not commandments. They're not rules. It's kind of a way of Jesus saying, if you want to be happy, do this. Follow this. They're unique, these Beatitudes. They express the path of Christian happiness clearly in this world. And this is surprising uh, because it makes us see that true happiness can only be found where the world does not look for it. My friends, the world says, blessed are the rich, for they can, and not all, <laughs> uh, blessed are the rich, for they can, with their wealth, satisfy their every whim. But Jesus says, blessed are the poor. The world says, blessed are the strong and those who can use violence. For they impose their will on others and they can make others do what they desire. But Jesus says, blessed are the meek. My friends, there, are, there is no greater contrast than these two perspectives. And uh, which makes more sense? The world or does Jesus make more sense here? Our faith tells us clearly that Jesus is the one whose view makes the most sense, but we struggle with it, don't we? I do. It's difficult because we're constantly battling the world and its thoughts. In reality, the Beatitudes are not simply a proclamation of truth, but an invitation to conversion. And this is one of the reasons why it's so hard, because conversion is never easy. But that's what the Beatitudes call us to. Jesus urges us to abandon our old notions and to welcome his point of view. He invites us to abandon our tendencies to be selfish and self-righteous and to be greedy and find in him, in his ways, joy and peace. Which would that be, Father? Being true and generous and gratuitous with our love with our forgiveness, with our compassion, as the Father does. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus uses present tense. He didn't say one day down the road. He says now. It's not to the very end that he says, rejoice and be glad that they smack you around. <laughs> I'm taking some liberties. He said, because your reward in heaven will be great. But see, he already had said, this belongs to you and this belongs to you. And then at the end, he says, when you get there, there will be a reward waiting for you. My friends, I've come to learn and understand that greed has the ability to separate us from others and makes us restless. And, uh, and it certainly has attributed uh, to a culture in this world of legal litigation and not because of justice, but because of wealth. I'm going to sue you, and I'm going to take everything you have, your house, your business, and if I could, I'll take your family. And I've heard this. What about justice? Yeah, I don't care about that. I just want money. You see, that culture... 
Jesus says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Jesus does not say that the poor will be blessed sometime in the future uh, when they possess the heavenly kingdom. The poor are already blessed because the kingdom of heaven belongs to them now. The kingdom of heaven is the kingdom of love that comes from God and into which enter all those who will renounce greed and selfishness and self-righteousness. If we see the world as containing so many things that we must have, we close ourselves off so much to God's grace, perhaps failing to recognize God's intention that everything assists us in living out Christian charity and hope and love, which leads to holiness. My friends, the evangelical poverty that Jesus lived does not consist in not having nothing. Having said that, I'm going to tell you right now, St. Francis, if he was here, would say, priest, you and I are going to have a conversation about that because he's going to feel differently about it. <laughs> he is. But the truth of the matter is, this type of poverty does not consist in uh, having nothing, but in rather receiving everything and seeing everything as gift from God and as a means of entering into a healthy communion with other people. Because we're called to be community. Perhaps we should not think of ourselves as absolute masters over everything, even though the scriptures said that God gave authority over people, name the animals and the trees and tame all the things. But that makes us stewards, not masters. We should consider the earth and everything that's on it uh, as a world, as a house, where everything is a sign of God the Father's love, given in gift to us to care for. My friends, as I said, St. Francis of Assisi might argue with me, and uh, he's a saint, and I don't want to argue with him. Uh, he's much smarter than I. Um, but St. Francis of Assisi, had um, he lived a life that was so charitable and kind, and he walked away from great riches. His family was super rich, and he walked away from it. And in doing so, his very life and soul was filled with admiration and love for Jesus Christ. From him, this naturally led to him also being filled with Christian love and charity for his brothers and sisters. But even beyond that, he had so much love and charity. It went beyond people. He loved everything. He wrote a canticle about the moon and the stars and said, and I, in my head, I can picture him running to the tree. I love you, tree, <laughs> because I know God made you and your gift to me. He had so much he exuded the way that Jesus said, the Father exudes love and creates. St. Francis had so much, and because he had this much love, it freed him and allowed him to love this way in the way it would allow us to do the same. And he is just one of a multitude, multitude of saints, as our first reading talked to us about. 
The saints knew that they had a destiny beyond the limits of this world, and they lived their life according to that belief and hope. They knew they had a spectacular future that the world could never give them. Being a child of God, being a part of our Lord's mission, and we have an eternal future with Christ, are the truths that linked all the saints together. All Saints Day gives glory to God for all he has done, and it teaches us that holiness is possible for anyone, anyone, with God's grace. You just got to be wanting to and open to it. My friends, like the saints in baptism, we are God's children. And my friends, at some point in time, the church, we step back uh, and we must consider all the saints and what they mean for us today. The multitude of the saints are not just something from our past as church. They are not just uh, little bits of pieces of church history. They are a community in which we hope to be part of one day. They provide not just a calendar of random days, which they do, and I have to study it so I know which saint gets what on what day, meaning <laughs> my prayers, um, and we remember their name. But they remind us that all of our days, every single day's opportunity to proclaim Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior in word and deed. As we hear in the first letter of John, what we shall be has not yet been revealed. And I believe that. But we get a glimpse of what we shall be in the vision of the great multitude. By the saints, we get a little teeny sneak preview. My friends, we will survive 2020. Why? Because you already have. Because Father Mark says so? No, because God says so. You and I will survive 2020. We will survive times of great distress, as the text insists in the scriptures. And then as co community of believers, we shall gather with all the company of heaven and rejoice in the great celebration of life that has ever been. It will be a huge party. The story of our lives, too, will be told as they really are, as proclaiming the salvation of our Lord Jesus Christ. All Saints Day gives glory to God for all that he has done, and it teaches us that holiness is possible for each and every person who will walk with God. And like the saints, we in baptism are already his children. So here's the question for you. Are you willing, are you willing to be like the saints, to live out that amazing truth, that amazing thing that should change you? What is that, Father? That you are God's children. 
I guarantee you, if you got a letter from the Queen of England saying, by the way, I just found out you're my relative, oh, you are going to brag about it. And you're going to start living like that. You are royalty. You are God's children. Start living like it. If you do that, you are a saint already. Amen? My friends, um, I hope you know that as your pastor, I love you and care about you. And I know sometimes it's easy to look at the priest and think he has it so easy. And perhaps that I'm not troubled by the world or by the politics of the day and everything. No, I care and love you. I am troubled and worried. But, but Jesus told us in the scriptures that we are to be salt and light to the world. Salt and light influence the things that it touches. I am to influence my community, my society, my world. I can have anxieties and I can be afraid. But the one thing that having cancer twice taught me was to have confidence and faith in God in all things. So I have faith and confidence in God. I may go home and watch the news and think, Lord, have mercy. <laughs> Lord, you need to come on down here and do something right away. But until then, I'm going to have my cupcake and pray. But I want you to know that I love you and I care about you. And like you, I have concerns and anxieties and worries. But I rely on God and put my absolute faith and confidence in him. And I want you to do the same. Now, Tuesday is the election day. There are uh, not our city, but major cities have been put on alert for civil unrest. Hospitals, police, fire, all that. Okay. Nothing like being prepared. In our city, no. But um, here's my advice to you. Vote. Stay at home. Watch TV. If you want to get a good laugh, watch all the news channels because they're going to try to be prophets and tell you who won. Well, it's not going to be possible. Have a good meal with your family. Share time with friends. Put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ. And do not be overcome by the anxieties of the day. What do you think? Plan? Plan? Amen. Amen. Remember, uh, tomorrow is All Souls Day. It's not a holy day of obligation. Uh, well, in COVID, we don't have them right now. But uh, it's not a solemnity. It's just a day when we remember our deceased loved ones and friends in a particular way through prayer and giving God glory. So tomorrow we'll have Mass at 9. Uh, my understanding is Mass is... We still have some seating outside, so if you haven't made a reservation, oh, I think I'm going to come to that, and we'll have some seating outside. And uh, um, following, as you heard, we're going to have a, 
Um, concert. Choral meditation on the occasion of All Souls Day. Um, Deb and Charlie and Beth will be singing the praises and glory of God the Father. Uh, so we will listen to prayer and music um, to celebrate that day and all that God has done. Uh, we'll still have candles available. Again, you're able to get one and write uh, the names of your loved ones and tribute. And you can leave it with us today so we can get it lit and uh, surrounding the baptismal font. Or if you prefer, take it home and let it burn. It'll burn for six days there. Okay. Please know that I love you and I care about you. And I don't want you to think that I don't, particularly in this time when I know um, what's motivating me to say this. A phone call uh, from a parishioner. He said, Father, I love you and I miss you. And I never think this way. I just, it just doesn't register with me. And she said, I can't tell you how much it is to see you on the internet. I watch you. But she said, I miss you. And I miss not seeing you. And um, of course, I immediately deflect to Jesus. No, you need, yes, Father, I do need Jesus Christ, but I need you. You're my shepherd now. And I never think about it that way. And I wondered about you. So know that I love you and I care about you. And I am in solidarity with you. And I am here. I'm here. Amen. Please stand, we'll make our profession of faith.